From our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe, the following has been crafted with care for your listening ears. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. For those just joining or those joining as a matter of habit, remember that this season we're embracing diaspora in dialogue, celebrating the bright, beautiful, and bold as we march through the continent and all 54 countries in it, telling those stories one at a time. If you're interested in people, discovering undertold perspectives, and seeing the world that's next door, you're in the right space. I was born in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, some years after the reign of Emperor Haile Selassie had expired, and a few years before the now controversial and original Live Aid concert took place. The um, impact of that concert, its true benefactors and the legacy it's left, is a great topic for an entirely different show. For today, however, our auditory lens is firmly rooted in some personal outcomes from that time period. Outcome number one, broadly speaking, is that people in the West's perception of all things African, people inclusive of course, was shaped by the machinery around that concert. It was a narrow and negative frame, one that had children mostly featured as helpless, distraught, and in need of the white hand, if you will. This branded me, emboldened me, and in part has led to the creation of this show. Outcome number two. My eyes and soul are often on the lookout for bright lights from the continent. And thanks to those two outcomes, among others, of course, you're about to meet a marvelous Ethiopian entrepreneur, a wonderful woman who's building a brand that's blowing beyond borders, to be frank. Her coffee consortium includes product primarily sourced from her native Ethiopia, a nation with a rich and real history in the brew, as well as product sourced from South America and other nations in the great continent. Beyond that, she's using her powers of narrative persuasion to build a consumer-facing brand that's compelling. Something bold's brewing, and today, you're getting a taste. Sit back, relax, and get ready to meet Muna Mohammed, CEO and founder of 850 Coffee, board member at the Coffee Coalition for Racial Equity, a seasoned marketer, and the winner of several acclaimed awards, including Visa's She's Next program. Take a breath. Without further ramble. I'm so thrilled to be here with my guest, uh, Muna Mohammed, who is also the CEO, entrepreneur, uh, and all-round amazing creator of 850 Coffee. And we're going to be talking about 850 Coffee in, a, in about two seconds. But Muna, thank you so much for being on 54 Lights. I'm, I'm excited about this conversation and really excited to be talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I haven't done this in a long time. I used to, used to have this like obsessive nature of always asking people uh, this question. I haven't done it in a long time, but I want I wanted to do it with you, and I think it's a nice start to the conversation. And that is this, this understanding of the meaning of names. And again, I'm going to talk about 850 in a second, but I want to talk about Muna, your name, which I actually love. I think it's such a beautiful name. And from, from what I understand, Muna, for people in, in, in the, coming from the horn, I think, 
it means wish or desire, but I do not know if that's true. So can you tell me if that's the meaning of your wow. name? So you got it spot on. It is. It's actually, Samuna is actually an Arabic name and that's, it translates to wish or desire. So that's exactly what it is. Amazing. I didn't yeah. know it was Arabic. The only Munas I know are actually uh, Ethiopian. Really? Yeah, no. So you'll, because it's, um, because it's an Arabic name, it, you'll, you'll see a lot of people from, obviously the Middle East, um, uh, Africa, really from a lot of different countries and continents uh, with the name. Yeah, it's not as, I feel like it was quite common, like, you know, um, a few decades ago and now not not as much. I think that's that probably with like a lot of names that change over uh, over time. But yeah, it's easy to, I, I guess, you know, for most people to pronounce and it, it's straightforward too. So it, I like that it does have a meaning to it. It's easier to explain. When I'm I'm talking about names, I I always default to say it's a it's a reflection of where your parents were at the time of your birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm always curious to ask this question as well. It's like what what does that mean for you? Do you think like it's something that you chase from a from a a, a work and life perspective? Uh, do you feel that your your um, you know like w- what is your uh, association with the meaning of your name other than it's a beautiful name and with a beautiful meaning? Do you tease anything different from it? You know, I it's interesting you, you ask that because I think for me, I've even used my name in different like entrepreneurial adventures that I've had. Uh, so even prior to like starting a 50 Coffee, um, I've uh, started other small businesses and I actually had a um, marketing consulting company for many years. Um, and it was called Maywish Consulting. It was for me a wordplay on my own name. I, I obviously didn't want to call it Muna Consulting, but <laughs> I was like, how can I insert myself into my brand, right? In a way that it's not necessarily visible to people, to the public, but um, it has meaning for me. And that was a way I'm, I'm also born in the month of May. So uh, it was just like a wordplay on my own name and, and kind of personalize it. So yeah, I've definitely done that. I've I've had other kind of small ventures as well that I've started a, a lo- around the words wish, uh, yeah. which is interesting that you asked that. Um, and um, my parent, you know, we also at some point um, as a baby, I also um, we also moved and lived in the Middle East at some point. So uh, my parents do speak Arabic fluently. So mm-hmm. I think there's it was definitely um, a lot of influence of like from you know religious kind of meanings and just like also the, the language that they also spoke. It's really interesting how people's association with their names and how it brings the meaning and how they tie these things in there. So that, 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 you know, when you were having your consultancy, that must mean a really fun Easter egg for people to uncover if they, if they ever dug deep in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You know yeah. Cause people always, if people always want to know what's about, you know, why, why the name, right? So, yeah. um, I think it's always nice to have a meaning behind why you do what you do. And yeah. that goes down to why you name things. So your the business that, that, that you are the CEO and founder of is called 850 Coffee. And so I'm going to take a stab at it. And this is not that wild a guess because I think it's partially on your website as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, that 850 is wildly known to be the starting point of coffee. Like the, the time, the date stamp of when coffee was established in ethiopia or yemen yep in ethiopia right so is that is that right is that why you called it 850 coffee i mean it is it is it's one of the many reasons i 
wanted a name that connected directly to coffee's origins. Obviously, coffee, you know, history, uh, history is very subjective and history sometimes and oftentimes, particularly with coffee and a lot of what's happened in the, um, in the world um, has been written kind of for us and not necessarily by us. I thought about what that meant in terms of the dates that were given to coffee and when coffee was presumably um, discovered. Mm. Being from Ethiopia myself and also coming from a coffee producing family, my late grandfather was a coffee farmer, um, and, and particularly belonging to kind of the indigenous communities that discovered the coffee bean, um, it was important for me to look at that date kind of a bit more, on, kind of a bit more with a wider lens because I thought about, you know, the date and I said, okay, well, this is what the industry is kind of assuming the, the date of discovery. And I think for most kind of indigenous coffee farmers and, and people from the, the, the horn, from, from Ethiopia in particular, I, that have been told different legends and stories. We, we know that coffee would have probably been consumed even prior to 850 AD, but I thought about how much power it would be for me to essentially claim that date, right? It was almost a bit rebellious. I was like, you know what? This is the date that, that it's, you know, the history books are saying coffee was discovered in. And I'm going to claim that date. I, I thought it was such a interesting date stamp almost, you know, like time stamp of, of a discovery that was so intimate and so close to me. Um, you know, we use our, like our, our own businessman, like our own, um, our mantra for 850 is rooted in coffee. And I thought to myself, you know, if we're, if we're going to, if we're going to choose a date and a time to, to recognize, I, I want us to have it. And I, I chose to, I said, we're going to start, we're going to name it 850 because not only does it tell a story of origins and um, of ancient traditions, but it allows me to tell the story of coffee's uh, origins and birthplace. And I wanted my story, I wanted my the name that I chose to always relate back to coffee's origins so that I could tell that story of its birthplace. Yeah, it, it's such a smart name. Thank you for that background. It's such a smart name. I, I, I fell in love with it when I saw it. And I, I just for the folks who are who are um who are listening, it's eight fifty. So the the word eight, the number fifty coffee dot com. Make sure you go and check it out. Um, not only for the the for 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 grabbing coffee and and subscribing to uh, a plan and doing some shopping, but also to understand the mission, the vision uh, that Muna has put put in and infused, pardon the pun, into into the into the business. Um, you you talked about sort of like reclamation like claiming it right like owning it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you're a woman of color you know in the west coffee is not necessarily synonymous with ethiopia although anybody who's knows anything a, a little bit about coffee knows that there's that coffee is strong in ethiopia but like you're a woman of color you've gone you've gone into uh, an ecosystem that i will anticipate is not dominated by people of color nor people from 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 the horn uh, or Africa in general. Is that the case or am I like, is that, you know, no. and, and if so, how, how did you get yourself pumped up to do that? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a great question because uh, a big part, like outside of wanting to continue my own family legacy in coffee, 
a big push for me was to to make sure that there was diversity uh, in coffee, particularly from the brand end. So when we talk about coffee and uh, visibility and, and seeing in kind of who the players are, you're right, there aren't a lot of women in uh, in coffee and, and there are even fewer women of color um, in coffee. Um, I think oftentimes um, the people that are in coffee are uh, that are of color are on the producing end, right? Or that's, you know, that's where people um, usually see us in, right? They see us kind of on the producing end at origin. I think that part always stuck with me because I, I, I knew how, how different or powerful it would be for me when I started in, in the business of coffee to be on the brand end and what that would mean in terms of um, building a company that I would be at the forefront of, uh, one that I could, as a brand, I could control the narrative. I could, you know, really be the storyteller and do the things that I've always wanted to do within coffee. Um, you know, sometimes there's so many areas of the supply chain in coffee, and I, I thought long and hard about which part I saw myself in. And mm-hmm. as, um, as, you know, uh, the default, you know, would have probably been maybe getting into green buying and doing some importing and working behind the scenes, um, you know, through my own contacts and connections in um, at Origin. Uh, but I thought to myself, that's not really where I could probably create the most impact. I, I knew that being on the brand end, which is where we don't see, where we have a li- lack of diversity, right? This, that's where, you know, you're seeing the the brands that are, uh, packaged, sold in stores, sold on the shelves, the ones that are, you know, getting interviews like the ones you and I are doing right now, the ones that are actually telling the stories of coffee and um, are putting out the content around coffee online, on social, you know, that's the stuff that I felt like, you know, I, I didn't see a lot of, um, I didn't see a lot of diversity there. I didn't see a lot of um uh, different voices um, in, in that um, uh, on that end of the spectrum, and I knew that I could bring a different perspective um, to coffee by by being on that end. Like that was a big, that was definitely something that I I saw. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there are there are women in coffee, and there are such amazing women that I've been really fortunate to to work alongside, and I continue to work with right now that are doing such amazing things in the industry. And I can't wait to see more of us at the forefront because we're out there, we're there, we're not only just building brands, we're, we're roasters, we're importers, we're exporters. There's a lot of really cool women doing some cool, cool stuff. And um, it is difficult. I, you, asked, um, uh, you asked the question of, well, I, I think, were you asking why, why coffee or, or not necessarily by why coffee, but uh, like why, why did I build the brand or? Yeah. Well, you, it's funny. You're, you're, you're in my notes here, Muna. Um, that was going to be one <laughs> of my other questions is to say, yeah. why coffee? You, you are obviously um, a, a, a really um, a smart um, storyteller, right? Like I can see, I love the way you, you articulated that you wanted to be on the brand end, right? Um, rather than sort of the supply end. And that's the, you know, Obviously, all parts of the chain are super, super important, but there's an interesting um, leap when you go into start t- the story, telling the story around it, even starting from 850 in the name, right? 850 coffee in the name. But 
I'm still sort of curious because you sound to me like just a woman who is fiercely great at branding. And so uh, branding and business and running the business. But what made you, what, what led you to coffee? I mean, Ethiopia is, uh, you know, roots. There's tons of things you could have done with Ethiopia and some of which you're doing as well. There's textiles, there's travel, there's... Uh, what was it about the coffee that made you sink your teeth in there? Well, the coffee, uh, for me, it was a very um, obvious decision because of my connection to it. So outside of being, obviously, having the connection of being from the birthplace of coffee, which is Ethiopia, yeah, I come from a producing family, like I'd mentioned, um, and having that tie to coffee and that, you know, really close, intimate relationship uh, with it through my own own immediate family was something that led me down the path of venturing into coffee as a business, right? So mm -hmm. I've always loved coffee as a beverage. You know, being from Ethiopia, you are immersed into the coffee culture, whether you like it or not. It is, have a choice. <laughs> you don't. It is It is very much a default in, in many, many Ethiopian households uh, mm -hmm. across all regions, across all areas uh, of the entire country, you know. Every pocket of, of Ethiopia enjoys coffee. Um, and I think that, you know, that's one, that's something that's so beautiful that we all have in common uh, across the entire uh, country. And for me, growing up, I always knew that we had an even further connection to the beverage. And that was through my late grandfather, who was a coffee farmer, uh, wow. who grew up in uh, a rural part of Ethiopia where uh, farming is, you know, that is a way of life. And mm -hmm. coffee happens to be one of the crops that saw you also uh, grow. And having known that information, and um, it was for me very, I think it was, it was when I did one of my very first trips back, um, right after college, my dad had taken myself and my sister. And it was that trip that I actually got to, um, you know, as a young adult, got to go and visit my family um, and meet some some family members that I had that I've never met before and also just really um, tour the country and and go and not only visit our own immediate family and uh, in, in those rural um, communities but also go into other um, regions that were also coffee growing regions and speak with mm. uh, farmers uh, speak to my own immediate family like my cousin my mm. first cousin, who he's he's a farmer right now, and that's what he does for a living. And just speaking to people um, and visiting them and really understanding um, the complexities of, of, of the industry and coffee and um, what they go through day to day, that was a big spark for me and kind of ignited yeah. my appreciation for the beverage and for the bean, to be honest. And it was after that trip that it just that idea of thinking about coffee differently um, kind of stuck with me. And, um, you know, a decade went by and I was still thinking about what I could do in coffee and how I could create impact, how I could, how I can contribute to the industry in a positive way. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you talked about like branding and things that I, um, for me, branding and marketing is what uh, my professional background is in. Is in, and that's what I've worked in for the last 15 years um, in different capacities with different organizations and both in the public and private sector. So for me, um, as I thought, as I started to think about coffee as a business, I started to really think about how I could use my own skill set in, um, in building my own brand. 
and I started to look at the things that I didn't see in coffee and the things that I thought were missing or the things that people weren't talking about, uh, the things that were kind of like, um, you know, weren't the things that I, that frustrated me sometimes where, you know, I'd see things or I'd read articles or descriptions of things and I say to myself well that's not right that, that's uh-huh. incorrect what you know why did they describe it as that or why do you have this image is <laughs> you learn on your on your website like I, like it's, it's yeah and you have like the brew guide like it seems like and, and a blog by the way so like it seems like you're very intentional about that element of it you know from a narrative perspective but also from a what I'm what I'm hearing here is that there's also from a correction um, and and maybe a resetting of that narrative. Oh yeah, for sure. I from and even the way that when when we get the opportunity to do interviews like this and also be featured in you know um, magazines or publications, being able to share accurate information and information mm. that is relevant or um, just concise. I think sometimes like things around imagery was always something that I found sometimes either misleading or incorrect where you know, um, there'd be an image of um, a woman and, um, you know, the the chosen image would be someone, say, from one part, you know, maybe um, South Africa, but then they would have the, uh, the label would read, um, you know, Ethiopia or Tanzania or Kenya, like just not being like, I would see brands like not being um, uh, intentional or doing the work on the Getting the getting it right, like it, it's we were, it's I think just not not really looking at it as a whole. Part of what you're doing at eight fifty is to try to, um, I don't want to say reclaim the narrative, but to just to to set it correctly, to do some storytelling that's maybe informed from a person who's actually got roots and family uh, and uh, and background in the space. Is that is that fair to? To say, yeah, I, I think it is. It, it definitely is. I think when you understand the landscape of the places that you're talking about within your brand, it helps to tell the story a bit more clear. It it helps you to understand. It helps you to connect with the right people. You know, whether it's describing the landscape of where you're getting the coffee from, the communities that you're getting it from, the farmer itself, and you know, if you're talking about their particular region, their culture, their language, um, just being very intentional about trying to get it right and getting uh, in contact and doing the research possible because, you know, we not only source from Ethiopia, but we source from other coffee growing regions like Brazil, for example, we have a, a Black Brazilian family um, and farmer that we source our coffee from. It's a single origin when we're working with um, importers um, and partners and sourcing these coffees, we we try to get as much information and connect with them um, as much as possible so that we're telling their story accurately. Um, you know, again, coffees uh, from other coffee growing regions in other parts of Africa, right. like Tanzania that we offered and, um, you know, other South and Central American countries, um, Nicaragua, Peru, um, you know, uh, Colombia, like there's so many countries that we source from, even if you're not from those countries or have origins from those countries, you can do the right, you can do your due diligence and, you know, um, try to connect with um, whether it's the, the brokers you're working with or the, if you're working directly with farmers, just trying to really 
um, showcase their coffees um, in, in a way that is um, is correct. And then even if you're talking about them, um, you know, presenting them in a way that is also accurate. I, I always try to do as much research and gather as much information as possible so that um, they are being presented in, in oh, a I love that. I love that. And, and it's really reflective of um, reflected on your, on your website. You know, the, there's a, there's a, what I love about what you're doing here is there is a, there is a, a measure of exploration. There's a measure, measure of education. There's a ma- measure of like emotion. All of it is woven in really, really nicely. And you're, you're obviously a master brander, uh, Muna. So like, I, you know, I thank you for, for that and for representing, uh, you know, the continent, um, you know, women, all of that stuff. I think it's, it's just, it's just super inspiring. We've talked a little bit, um, or we've talked about, about, you know, sort of the why you do what you do, um, and what in terms of 850, um, coffee. Um, I'm curious about a little bit about like how you got here. And so if I recall correctly from our brief interaction before, you launched this business during the pandemic. Is that, is that? I did. I did. Yeah. So I did. How, um, for, for those listening and for those people who are thinking about starting their own business and moving into spaces, um, taking leaps, how did you rally the, you know, the fortitude to, to do that during a pandemic? It was a lot of work um, behind the scenes. So even prior to me launching in 2020, um, there was a lot of things that happened in the decade previous where I was kind of slowly laying the groundwork for this event, you know, for this launch. Um, You know, I think I mentioned earlier that I knew I always wanted to get into coffee, but it was just always kind of figuring out the right time in my own life and my own kind of career path when I wanted to really um, kind of pull the trigger and, and go ahead with, with building this company and building this brand. Um, there was a lot of um, preparation that went into, you know, the, the launch itself and, yeah. and being where we are right now. And it started with my initial trip um, to Ethiopia um, uh, about a decade previously when I had done that trip that I mentioned with you where I really got to have um, a really intimate um experience um with coffee um you know with farmers with my own family from that i started to kind of take baby steps on what that would look like from a business perspective right and um i started to really explore uh coffee and take it you know more seriously in terms of understanding coffee for all its elements and you know coffee is such a interesting interesting um it's an interesting plant you know a lot of people don't realize that coffee is very much not only a plant it's a fruit it's a seed yeah. it's a bean it's so many things and um i really immersed myself in in learning about coffee um and that was where um i wanted to take my time as i thought about uh you know uh, my next steps of launching a business so um, you know, started to educate myself uh, kind of uh, from the science end of coffee, um, understanding the process of coffee, uh, the roasting uh, aspect. I, you know, I got myself trained professionally, commercially trained to to roast coffee. Uh, that was a really big important, that was a big part of um, the training that I wanted to to understand and to learn and to know. 
Um, and traditionally, I I knew how to roast. Uh, be a, you know, I was a home roaster, right? I think that culturally, um, as an Ethiopian, um, you know, roasting at home is very common, particularly for women. If you're hosting a coffee ceremony, those are things that come second nature of being able to roast um, and prepare coffee for your guests as a host. Um, but you know, roasting commercially is a completely different ballgame. It is, it is. Those are all the things that I wanted, that I immersed myself into and uh, to understand uh, this industry that I was getting into now as a business. uh, So yeah, I would say um, it definitely was uh, a long kind of, a long time in, you know, and it was a a lot of uh, behind the scenes um, progress happening and things that I was doing to kind of really prepare myself for, um, yeah. for 50s arrival, essentially. Um, yeah. And uh, that is, you know, all those baby steps. And, and then 2020 just happened to be when I said, you know, that's it. I'm going to, this is the time. Let me just pull the trigger and go for it because it, you know, as you know, with 2020, it was a time where, um, you know, we were, we were home a lot more than we've ever been and it allowed me to have a bit more time to really think about um my path and in terms of my own purpose the things that i really wanted to commit to and i um shortly after um launching uh, a few years after um, my career in marketing and branding and um embarked on taking a 50 coffee uh, full-time and um focusing solely on, on, on my here so yeah it was um it's hard to pinpoint kind of that one thing but yeah. it was a lot of different baby steps and but 2020 was just like for me it was go time i've been saying i'm gonna do this for a long time and um this it just it was the right time and um everything kind of just fell fell into into place for me i think at around that time um, i, I love I that uh, well Thank you so much for that inspiring recounting of like how you, how you went into it. I mean, like that's an investment and you, you know, like this is, this folks is the intentionality of a fiercely um, remarkable uh, businesswoman that you've just heard from in terms of like learning the business, right? There's one thing about, um, you know, picking up things like just sort of like as a, a, as a bit of a, a passion or just a peak of curiosity, but you've, it looks like you've, You've really devoted yourself to learning the business. Muna, thank you so much for your time here. I know you devote yourself to this business. You devote yourself to this craft. And you also devote yourself to others as well. You're a member of the board of the directors for Coffee Coalition for Racial Equity. Sorry, Racial Equity. Sorry, Racial Equity. Which is fantastic you do that. And I yeah. suppose that is that is what has exposed you to um, you know, uh, a lot of different um people uh women i'm assuming as well uh, along the, this this uh, supply chain you're also Absolutely, a member yeah. of the board of directors yeah. for a bar haven um the city of bar haven i imagine yeah the the community the community sorry community of bar haven so the bia so it looks like bar- you're very yeah. bored no i'm kidding yeah. um listen the fact that you've taken <laughs> this time to sit and 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 talk to to, to my audience and, and and obviously through through uh through this dialogue here is uh is really appreciated so thank you so much for being on the show i have one last question for you and that is um one that i'm asking a lot of my guests this year is to help us help guide us into our next episode so muno muhammad 
where would you like the next episode of 54 Lights to find its feet? I'd love to see what my neighbors uh, in Kenya are doing. I think there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, and I'd love to hear more about um, some really inspiring entrepreneurs from, um, you know, for, of, of Kenyan heritage, uh, either whether it's in um, uh, abroad or within Kenya, what they're doing. And what's oh, happening. amazing. I really love cool. Thank you for that, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you heard it yeah. from Muna. We are going to be going to Kenya. And actually, I uh, just uh, gotten <laughs> off the line, not today, but uh, just recently got off the line with an amazing um, art director, uh, creative from Kenya who finds, her, uh, finds herself in, uh, in Toronto as well. So um, that is going to be okay. um, the next episode. So we will be going to Kenya um, via Toronto. Uh, and speak to Mumbai Kendiebwa Otu. Amazing. Oh, yes, it'll be fun. But my present guest, Muna, thank you again for the time and for this pleasant conversation. You've really been been great. So thank you for this. So there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at the soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights. And while our stage is small, our lights together shine brightly. This season, more than most, has been produced in partnership with some incredible people, ones that I'll avoid rattling off anonymously, but will find the time to thank personally, after each and every play. Before I go, another special shout-out to my amazing guest, Muna Muhammad. Thank you for lending your voice to this show, and I hope the audience finds you at 850coffee.com. And of course, my enormous gratitude to you, the aforementioned listener, for lending us your ears. My name again is Kendwani Mwase. Here's hoping you find yourself in every play, or in this case, I suppose, in every cup. It's been fierce. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.